0: Thanks for joining us for another Family Life Today program brought to you Monday to Friday by Power to Change. I'm sure you'll hear something today that could give you a fresh perspective on your marriage or family situation. Be encouraged as we join Dave and Ann Wilson.
1: Rejecting passivity is a scary move and I think it takes a man to step into it and it happens every single day. It isn't, you reject passivity one time. It's like every day there'll be a situation in your family room, in your house, at work, where you have to reject this passivity. I'm not going to do anything or say anything and step into it.
2: So you've been my pastor for 30 years.
1: <laughs> that sounds weird to say I'm your pastor. No, you are. You're I'm my your pastor. husband. I'm not your and pastor. And my
2: pastor, but I think, I mean, think about how many messages. I have not only you heard, had to endure. No, how many I've heard you give, but how many I watched you write. I've watched you study for them. 30
1: years times, mm. probably 30 weeks a year or so. So almost a thousand messages. Man, oh man. I'm better I feel because of you. I'm
2: better because of you. And I think one of my favorites is when you preach on real man.
1: Real man, Which the four pillars of manhood.
2: Yes, it doesn't even make sense that I would like that, but maybe because I've had three sons, brothers, but when I hear it, there's something in me, even as a woman, that gets excited for our men to hear
1: this. So we're going to talk about that today. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I get excited about it, obviously, because I don't think men know what a man is. I don't think boys know when they become a man. And I don't think you did. I didn't know. I mean, I grew up in a home, obviously, you know this, without a dad. Really in my life but what my dad modeled for me was a man was all about here i'll give you three w's i just thought of wilson's you know a man is about wine
0: because he Mm. was sort
1: of addicted to alcohol it's about women he had girlfriends besides my mom and your wallet it was all about cash and it's like man if you're a real man you know you have those things going on in your life and i think a lot of Boys and men today still think that that's what defines being a man.
2: That's interesting because when we first started dating, I asked you, you were a senior in college, and I asked you, what do you think you're going to do with your life? And you said, I don't know, something that I make a lot of money. That's all I thought. <laughs> and then you go into
1: the ministry. Yeah, I, I did the opposite. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> But, I mean, my perspective growing up was that's what a man did, and he provided for his family. And then I came to Christ my junior in college, and it was the first time I ever asked the question, what does God say a real man is? And started walking through Scripture and found out it's a lot different than what my dad modeled for me. And I read a book, you know, when we were early married 35 years ago by Robert Lewis called Raising a Modern Day Knight. You loved that book. It was awesome because it – not only described this is what a godly man looks like from Scripture, but it also gave you a journey, a rite of passage for boys to become men. And so it was like the guidebook for me with our three sons to say, okay, what's the rite of passage going to look like for C.J., Austin, and Cody as they grow up and to become a man?
2: And if you're a woman listening right now, you're thinking, okay, I'm checking out because this is a man talk. Don't check out because as a woman – You can listen to these and you can see maybe when your husband is doing something right and you can notice it. You can say something. You can commend him for it. And if you have sons... These are the things that we can start pouring into and even complimenting our sons when we see them doing it and even kind of teaching them this is what it could look like. I'm thinking a lot of moms are single moms. And maybe you don't have a husband in the house, but you can teach these. And, Dave, you'll also talk about finding other men to be pouring into their boys.
1: Yeah, so let's start here. Whenever I bring up this topic, hopefully someday I'll write on this, I try to describe the difference between a boy and a man because manhood has – Very little to do with age You know you can be a teenager And be a man You can be a 50 year old man and be a boy Mm. It's really characteristics Of how you are living And it's character It isn't age or whether you have a beard or not It is character And so I love to walk through Something I listen to other men talk about I've read about and then I just sort of Put into my own words like here's what a boy is Here's what a man is So I call it the difference between boys and men Starts here, boys take, men give. Boys ask, does it feel good? Men ask, is it right? Boys are all in as long as it goes the way they want. Men are all in until they finish what they started. Boys are all about self-indulgence. Men are all about sacrificial love. Boys are passive men show up boys expect others to provide what they lack men look around to see where something is lacking and they provide boys consume men produce boys are born men are made boys cheat men honor their promises boys don't control their lust Men choose to control their temptations. Boys choose anger fits. Men choose paths to peace. A boy thinks his life is all about him. A man knows his life has been given to him to serve others.
2: I want to stand up
1: and cheer. <laughs> like,
2: yes, this is so good.
1: Any one of those we could talk about, you know, For but a day. I think those are all found in the four pillars of manhood. You know, when you think about what pillars define what a man is. And this is where Robert Lewis's material really helped me. And he had, he didn't call them pillars. He just had sort of four attributes. So I took his four attributes. I put them in an acrostic real, because every guy I know wants to be a real man, but they don't know what a real man is. So I thought if we could define it by R-E-A-L. So the first one is a real man rejects passivity. Mm, That's good. What does
2: that mean, and where did you get that?
1: Well, I mean, it really comes from the first man in the Bible, Adam. And if you want a, a study of a boy compared to a man, all you need to do is study Adam. He was a boy, the way he lived. Jesus lives out the four pillars. He was a man. So if you want a picture of what this looks like, Adam represented a boy who was passive in the garden Jesus was active.
2: I was going to say, now, what do you mean? Because Adam was perfect. He was sinless at first. So when did he become passive?
1: Well, I mean, he sat there and he got the revelation from God not to eat of the fruit of the tree of knowledge. And when Satan, through the snake, tempted Eve, what did Adam do? Nothing. He sat there. And he was with her. Adam, I mean, he should have rejected passivity and stepped in and said, no, that's not what God said. We're not going to eat this fruit. Get out of here, Satan. And he just literally did nothing. And yet I've been passive. Every guy I know has been passive. There's a streak in us of passivity. And one of the first pillars is you got to reject that when you feel that.
2: So do you think that's a sin bent? You know, if we have a bent towards something, do you think that would be it in men?
1: Yeah, I think it is a a sin bent in us men that we inherited from Adam. Mm. And again, the reason it's reject. And by the way, every word of the real man is an action verb. Mm. Reject. You have to act. And you got to reject it. I mean, it's not going to be your natural bent. It's like, i got to push this away i got to step in and do the right thing. You know, it's interesting. Often when I teach this to men, I use the story of David and Goliath. In that story, David is a teenage boy, and he's the only man that shows up. You've got all these men, and they're probably 20s and thirty years old. They're and trained king Saul. warriors. You've got a king, and they're battling a giant from the Philistines, one man against one man. None of these trained warrior men will go out and fight him. Because passivity leads to fear. And it says in 1 Samuel 17, they were filled with fear and dismayed. And they actually ran away. David shows up. He's only there because his dad sent him to take bread to his brothers who are there. And he sees what's going on. And he sees this is wrong. This Philistine challenging not just Israel, but the armies, he says, of the living God. And he says, this can't happen. He makes a manhood move. So a 13- or 14-year-old boy goes to the king and says, this is wrong. If nobody's going to go fight him, I'll fight him. That's rejecting passivity. That's stepping in to do what
2: a man should do. I love that story, too, because he wasn't confident in his own skills, and he probably was skilled seeing that he killed a lion and a bear, but he was more confident in the God that he served. And even that alone shows so much about David's character. Yeah,
1: we're going to find out that part of the story later, what he says even when he faces Goliath.
2: But you did answer my question because I was thinking, why are men passive? Because I'm talking to wives and friends like, why won't my husband step in or step up? And you're saying, is it because of fear?
1: Well, I think fear is a big one. We don't know what to do. We haven't been trained. I mean, it's easy for me not having a dad in my house, not to know what to do as a dad. You feel like a failure? You can just be passive and let your wife do it or let somebody else do it. And it's fearful. It's like, what if I do it wrong? What if I don't do it right? What if people don't follow me? Rejecting passivity is a scary move, and I think it happens every single day. It Mm -hmm. isn't you reject passivity one time. It's like every day there will be a situation in your family room, in your house, at work, where you have to reject this passivity. I'm not going to do anything or say anything and step into it. I remember a time when I went over to our oldest son's school at lunchtime just to be there and hang out. They sort of encouraged us as parents sometimes to show up. Long story short, I end up at lunchtime. I'm out on the playground with all the boys, and I split them up into two teams, and I have a football, and we start playing a little touch football. And it's a fun little deal, and I'm quarterback in this CJ's team, and I'm trying to get the ball to every kid on the team. Because that was my goal. So I get everybody involved, just have fun. And I throw a ball to one of CJ's buddies, and he's not super athletic. And as I throw him the ball, he drops it because he just couldn't catch the ball. And the best athlete on the other team makes fun of him, calls him out, says he's a loser, says, Mr. Wilson, don't ever throw the ball to him. He's pathetic. He can't catch it. And so I sort of look at this kid and I said, we're not going to talk like that. You don't make fun of somebody on the playground. He just sort of waved his hand at me. So we kept playing, and later I tried to throw the ball to this kid again because I want to get him involved, and he dropped it again. And this other athlete on the other team just goes off. Like, he's pathetic. He's a loser. I told you not to throw on the ball. Never throw on the ball. He's the worst kid in the school type deal. And at this moment – I'm like, I'm done with this kid. This is wrong. He's making fun of a kid. You can see that it's affecting him. I can also tell this has been said to him a lot. So in a gentle but firm way, I go over and grab this kid who's making fun of him just by uh, his shoulder. You and just I guide just, him. Just sort of guided him over to this teacher who was standing by the door to go back in the school. And I'll never forget it. I was walking over and I said, "Hey, he needs to go in. <laughs> he shouldn't be out here in the playground anymore." And she looks at me and she's like, "And you are who?" <laughs> it's like she's never seen me. I'm like, oh, "Oh, I'm I'm CJ Wilson's dad. I'm just here, you know, playing with the kids at lunch." And she goes, "And so you think you have the authority to remove a kid from the playground?" And I'm like, "Well, I mean, he's been rude and making fun of this kid, and it's just wrong. He needs to go in." And she's like, "Well," I haven't seen it, so he's good to go. And so I'm like, oh my goodness, she's not going to even do anything. Well, this kid turns to me and goes, yeah, I told you, you're being a jerk. You shouldn't have grabbed me and brought me in here. And she looks at him and she goes, okay, you're going in. So she saw it and she took him in. And that was the end of the day. I mean, it was like, okay, so I sort of rejected passivity. And so I removed a kid from this situation. I'm well, thinking, I
2: haven't thought of this before, but I'm thinking of CJ, our son. I love it. you defended this boy, like that C.J. got to see that because it was really he was this boy was being a
1: bully. Yeah, he's definitely being a bully. And it somebody needed to do something. And I was that guy. And I thought that was the end of the story. Until later that week, there was a parent teacher conference and I was in one of the rooms talking to a teacher. And I turned to walk out of the room and this mom walks up to me and says, are you C.J. Wilson's dad? And I thought, oh, no. This is the mom of the bully, you know? (laughs) And I go, yeah. She goes, you're Dave Wilson? And I go, yeah. And she starts to cry. And I said, do I know you? And she goes, I'm Tommy's mom. She goes, Tommy came home this week and told me that you stood up for him on the playground. And you stood up against the bully who's been bullying him his whole grade school years. I just want to say thank you because my son came home with an identity he's never had. And I remember standing there. I'm tearing up right now. just remember that moment just thinking that's what happens when a man rejects passivity. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't think anything happened that day. And I had no idea that moment was a moment his mom and probably Tommy will never forget. That's what happens when a man steps up mm. and does what a man's called to do it's just one of the four pillars that's a big one though
2: i mean i am still teary thinking about this tommy boy like that's huge and the fact that you saw it and you did something about it because it would be really easy just to say oh well this has happens all the time and i know that when you step in too our family situation, or you initiate things, I love it. Because you don't do it in a domineering way. You do it in like, I want to serve you and love you. And I want to step into this situation with you. And that, to me, communicates so much love.
1: And I think reject passivity comes out of the E. I say the E is a real man engages with God. I always think of a kickoff team when a kickoff team kicks off that football and the guys run down the field to tackle the ball carrier, they are given an assignment, stay in your lane and go through anything and everything to get to the ball. So if there's a wall in front of you, crash through the wall. I mean, those are the guys, they're they're nuts. They just put their helmet down and they they go after that ball carrier with everything they got. And I thought that's the image that men should have to pursue God. And he's not running away from you. He's running to you. But it's like, I'm not going to just passively show up at church one hour a week, and that's it. No, no, no. I'm going to know God. I'm going to pursue him. I'm going to open his word. I'm going to engage with God. And out of that engagement with God, that relationship with God, that strength comes from Christ to us to give us the power to reject passivity. You can't reject passivity in your own strength, but if you have a real walk with God, where you are engaging with him daily, hourly, maybe even at times every five minutes, you are just locked in with Jesus in a real relationship, that gives you strength to be a man. And I tell you, we live in a culture where men say, oh, men that need God, men that need Jesus, they're wimps, they're weak. You know, real men are strong. They don't need help. The opposite is true. The strongest moment in a man's life is when we're on our knees praying for strength. That's strength. That's a real man. I have no qualms admitting I am a weak person that needs God's strength to be the man that you deserve as a husband. My boys deserve as a dad. That doesn't happen in our own strength. You have to engage with God for that to happen.
2: I think every woman listening is thinking, yes. I long for my husband to do that because so many of us feel like we're the ones that are initiating spiritually, like, guys, we should go to church. And and sometimes the husband just kind of tags along. So for the dad, for the husband to be the initiator or just being the one to say, yeah, this is what we need to do. I feel like it takes the weight off of us as women because we carry that. We're thinking about that a lot. So why don't men do
1: that? I think we think we can do it in our own strength. And then we get to the end of our strength, and then we fall on our knees. And I think you got to start on your knees. Don't end on your knees. Start today. Start every hour saying, God, I need your strength. You know, it's interesting. You go back to the David and Goliath story, and when David goes to King Saul and says, I'll go fight him, Saul's like, you're not going to go fight him. You're a boy. You're not a trained warrior. What does David say? David tells a story about when I'm in hmm. as a sheep herder, when I'm with the sheep, uh, God delivers me to kill a bear or a lion to protect the sheep. What he's saying is, I know God. When nobody's looking, I'm in private. God and I have a relationship. I'm engaging with God. I'm seeing the power of God. The same God that delivered me from the lion or bear is going to deliver me from Goliath. He's saying to Saul, I know almighty God, and that God is going to bring victory today. All I know is King Saul said, okay, and let the Lord be with you. That was David engaging with God. What you do in private will one day become public. And so everything we do as men is determined by what we do in private. So I'm saying to guys, you want to be a real man? Engage with God. In fact, the E is where it all starts. So I would challenge a man listening today. Don't start with the R. Start with the E. Start meeting with God. Open the word of God discipline your life around time with god you do it for your body you do it you know, i want to get my body in shape you've set up a workout plan do the same thing with the word of god say god i don't know you jesus i don't know you like i want to know you pursue him with everything you got and watch him meet you and give you strength and out of that strength you can go to the r which is reject passivity. And then tomorrow, let's talk about the other two.
2: And let me just address the women that are listening. I think you could hear this and get discouraged. Like, my husband doesn't do this, and I want him to do this. I'm just going to send him the podcast and have him listen. And here's what I would say. Instead of nagging him or even relaying your disappointment, the best thing we can do to encourage our guys, is to catch them when they're doing something right let's take the r like to reject passivity if you find your husband doing anything that maybe he's just stepping out of his comfort zone and doing something whether it be like he said something to someone at work you know and he relayed that when he got home for you to say like wow hun, that was impressive that you had the guts to say that So let's catch them. It's easy just to complain, and we're seeing the things they're not doing, but let's start seeing the things that they're doing right and calling it out because you'll be amazed, and we're not doing it as a form of manipulation, but it's a form of encouragement to our men.
0: We want to thank Dave and Ann Wilson and their team for another edition of Family Life Today. Although our programs are produced in America, The issues facing families like forgiveness, communication and taking care of our kids transcend national borders. These issues profoundly affect relationships everywhere. In Australia, family life is known as power to change and our mission is to effectively develop godly families. The kind of families that change the world one home at a time. A key part of our mission includes strengthening marriages and families all around the world. We want to do whatever we can to bring timeless truths to the challenges you face as you seek to strengthen your family and join us in changing the world. Do you want to learn how to use marriage to transform your community? Consider joining with us to help build marriage ministry movements where lives are transformed through the gospel. For more information or to get started today, email radio at powertochange.org.au or check out our website under helping couples at families.powertochange.org.au. We hope you can join us tomorrow at the same time for another Family Life Today.